0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, Scotty and I are going to do part two of our free agency recap as Red Wings made one more signing and just clean up the guys we missed on yesterday's episode. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, I am a podcast producer over at WWJ News Radio. Found out I'm getting business cards today. That's, that's, hey, that's yo, exciting.
1: he's a pro, baby. I
0: feel professional now. Uh, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News and host over at Locked On Tigers. And we're going to finish up our free agency recap. I, I don't know if recap is still the right word. It's, it fits in the well in a title Write and it it it's eye-catching. But a rundown is better because the free agency is not going to stop until literally, what, end of next season. Like, free agency is just open. You can just sign people constantly. Um, But for the Red Wings' purposes, they are mostly done signing big-name players. Uh, Steve Eiserman kind of confirmed that in his media availability on Thursday. But before we get into that, I do want to say I believe I misspoke yesterday. When talking about David Perron, I think I may have said he is a shoot first winger. I was actually confusing him with the Ford we are about to talk about in uh, Kubalik. I Kubalik is very much a shoot first winger. Perron is much more patient and calculated, especially on the power play. And that's what makes him so lethal. So that was a misspeak on my part. Doesn't change any of my feelings on David Perron whatsoever. Um, I still think that's an excellent signing, even more so because of that uh, aspect. But I just wanted to correct myself because I think it's—I think accuracy is important, and I'm not afraid to admit when I've made a mistake.
1: Yeah, no, same. I uh, yeah, I do that all the time, and well, not all the time, I guess. I'm not wrong that often. all the time, <laughs> but uh, in uh, in, uh, in tigers, whenever I I think that I screwed up, I, I do the same thing. Yeah. But let's go ahead and move right into. Well, our... we can actually do the the two people I ended yesterdays and i said our two favorite guys uh, I thought you were that, being that we did <laughs> we didn't do our two favorite signings um so do you fault. want to start with yours or do you want to start with mine
0: well i mean we're t- i just mentioned kubalek so let's get into okay. that i'm that's assuming my Kubelik's your favorite guy. signing yeah.
1: of the the entire offseason like he's he's not the best player that we brought in but that's my favorite signing of the offseason i, I think that kubalek is brings like you're you're adding goal scoring and like how can you be disappointed at at adding goal scoring and this is a dude that three years ago three seasons ago was third place for calder he he was 24 as a rookie but he was third place for calder um i I believe he was a was an all-star reserve like as a rookie like he was like he, he was he was at a 30 goal season in 68 games as a rookie like that, the, he was, he, he was really a, a goal scoring machine and um, did that on, on 14 and a under 14 and a half minutes of ice time a game. Like he, he really was lethal. And the next two seasons he scored 17 and then this past season he scored 15. So the goal scoring has, has dipped um, in just totals over the last three years. <clears throat> However, this is still a guy that is not afraid to shoot the puck. And last season, how many times did we come on here after a game and go shoot the freaking puck? Like so many times. And especially again on the power play. And this is a dude that has the potential to be a legitimate power play, uh, like plug in right away. like he, yeah. he scored three or four goals on the power play each of the last three seasons. Like he's, this is a uh, this is a dude that that absolutely even if you don't chalk him up to be um, you know first unit on the power play which I'm not sure he will I mean this is a, a dude that's very capable of getting some some second uh, second power play unit time and uh, is not afraid to shoot and last season like I said time and time again we'd come on here and complain about the fact that like th- these dudes just don't shoot the puck and uh, that. <laughs> That is that that will no longer uh, be the case with him on the ice, which is uh, we'll take it.
0: Kubelik is um a lot. He's like, when I make this comparison, I want you I want to explain why I'm making a comparison the way I ask. I way I am he's because like there's no so way.
1: No, <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: I compare him to the Ben Sherat trade or God dang it. Trade signing the Red Wings made uh, yesterday in that. A lot of the advanced metrics, and I am beginning to warm up to the uh, tr- uh signing. I think that there are intangibles there that For make sure. him a you know an asset to the Red Wings. He has things that the Red Wings need. I just still don't think that they should have paid him as much as they did, but that's neither here nor there. I think Kubelik's kind of like that. He has seen a lot of success uh, two years ago, like you said, in that Calder season. His point totals, despite having dipped, uh, it was 38 and I think 31 this past season, uh, 26 years old. You know what? He's going to end up playing third-line minutes more, more than likely, and yeah. that's not bad point totals. I mean, near 20 goals on the third line is still pretty dang good, and you're only paying him $2.75 million, which is a lot easier—I'm sorry, $2.5 million— uh, that's a lot easier of a pill to swallow over the next two years than 4.75 over four that Charot had. So even if he doesn't pan out in two years, he's gone. And that's this is like a classic Steve Eiserman signing. This is like peak rebuilding Eiserman signing. Take a flyer, Pew shooter. Oh my god, Pew shooters literally. He, this Dominic Kubelik is this offseason Pew shooter. Pew Correct. shooter was a young guy. Yeah, I think he was a rookie last uh, two seasons ago. Now with the Blackhawks that played two C role and um, performed fairly well despite how bad that team was. And the Red Wings took a flyer on him to see what he could be. We're finding out he's more of a 3C. Dominic Kubalik is the left-wing version of that. He's another left-wing, another guy you can slot in the lineup, probably third line, um, bottom six, at pro- more than likely yeah, yeah, given the amount of people sure. they have now, especially with David Perron on this team, although Perron could slide over to the right wing if, if need be. He's a shoot first guy, like you like said. Even
1: then, he's probably on probably the
0: third line. yeah. Given the fact that Bertuzzi and Verana are ahead of him, but and then Fabry when he's healthy too. Man, that left that left side is stacked now. It's crazy. Um, but Dominic Kubalik kind of defies all odds when it comes to his shooting. Uh, the advanced analytics, just like his micro stats, make he, he's not very good across the board, mm-hmm. except in one department, which is his finishing. For some reason, when he shoots, he scores. I don't know what it is. He's not very good at anything else. But that, like you said, we need a guy who who's not afraid to shoot the puck. We need a guy who can score. And putting him on the third line and seeing if maybe playing on—I can't believe I'm saying this—a better Red Wings team. Put it, he's going to come in and play for a better team.
1: Which yeah, it's crazy to think. And, the well, it's the, Black Black time, no. <laughs> it's the first time we've signed a free agent, been able to say like, wow, he's coming into a, uh, coming into is going to be surrounded yeah. by a better team than what he's leaving. It's the first time we've said that in uh, quite a long time, but, but yeah, no, like uh, this is, you know, it, it. it is. I just think this is a, a perfect depth signing for yes. this team. I think he fits in absolutely perfectly And I'm not trying to to say that he's, you know, like the going to be a a top six forward or is the best player on the team or is going to put up, you know, replicate a 30 goal season or anything. all But just for what we need in the bottom six and what we could use on a second line power play or a second uh, unit power play. uh, I mean, this is this is like pretty close to ideal at, at 26 years old. You know, three years, about to be four seasons, removed from having a top three Calder finish and a thirty goal season. So, uh, his age twenty seven year will will be his first year with us, and and I, I can't say enough good things about this signing. I, I I'm very very excited about the move, and um, you know, I, I get really excited over over <laughs> over depth signings and, and bottom six forwards, honestly. So this is just like right up my alley, and I'm I'm really pumped about it. Yeah, I. I think he's going to be. I mean, he, he, the thing that's nice about Kubalik,
0: and again, it, it just goes back to the fact that this is like just a patented Steve Eiserman. It was a guy who showed a lot right. of potential. There was a downside. He is very low risk, I guess, is the bottom line. Right. Uh, Kubalik is very low risk, and that's what I like about him. Cause if he pans out, he could be a huge asset yeah. to that maybe middle six in that. I don't think he ever tops out as a top liner, but maybe middle six is a ceiling. Yeah, no. If you can recoup, reclaim that, then we found a diamond in the rough. If not, then two years go by. Thanks for your hard work, Kubelik. You know, good luck the rest of your career.
1: It's just such a low risk um, signing that yeah, it, I mean, it, it's, it's exciting imagine, to think about. Imagine 20 goals and like four of them power play goals out of a, out of a third liner. Like well, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> this next guy, we talk, uh, one of these guys we're going to talk about later in this episode,
0: it, it has had, had quite the season. This past year, um, let's between, talk about
1: your guy. Let's talk about, uh, we're going to talk there.
0: about my guy next, but I, I was just double checking some facts and I just,
1: we're just fact checking. Right
0: he left. had a, he had a Chalowski type season. If you know what I'm getting at, ah, um, but I got to talk to you guys today about first about bet online, BetOnline.net online.net is your number one source for your, all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and major league baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, let's move into my sneaky, I won't say favorite signing because I think my favorite signing is going to be Andrew Kopp followed by Perron without a doubt.
1: Sure but I,
0: the sneaky good, sneaky good signing. And that is uh, Olimata. I think Olimata is such a perfect, most teams would probably have him as like a, a third pair, but of this team he'll likely be a second pair. In fact, Steve Eiserman said as much in his press conference today. But Olimata is such a sneaky, good pickup for the Detroit Red Wings. Six-foot-two defenseman, shoots left. He is the perfect guy. He's so defensively sound. When he plays, he's a little bit injury-prone this past season. He's only played 66 games. Uh, season before that, he played 41, although I think that was the shortened season. So, But, you know, he's never played except for one season. He's only had one full season of 82 games his entire career. So he's a little injury-prone, but when he plays, he's such a defensively sound defenseman that he is slotted perfectly on the left-hand side of Phil Peronick on the second pair. That is such a good signing to even out that pair because, guys, I'm going to throw it up here. His goals against uh, goals above replacement is 87 in, uh, percentile at defense. 87th percentile. He is a shutdown defenseman as they come. The big
1: question remains, can he stay healthy? I'm, I mean, this is, this is beautiful. And like, obviously people are going to point to the seven off on offense and say that that's unbelievably low. If everything goes correctly, you should not need offense from one of your second line defensemen. That should not be a, a need, right? So, uh, especially if you have decent offensive production from your other one. And if just the, the you know, the forwards are, are doing what we're presuming they are going to do. Last season, we talked time and time again, as everyone did. The entire fan base realized this defense was absolutely putrid. Eiserman came into this offseason and got defensemen that were defensive-minded defensemen and forwards that play a two-way game. And this is a, a very under-the-radar signing because this is, as you said, I mean, a borderline lockdown defender that's not going to produce a lot on offense, whatever. You shouldn't need him to. And uh, for for the money we're giving him, for the contract, for how much he's going to play, I I love it. Yeah, I, I honestly,
0: this is a type of player that, yeah, like you said, Scotty, offense is not the name of his game. Like you said, seventh percentile. He is honestly, when it comes to even strength offense, kind of a liability out there. But you don't put him in positions to have to provide offense if that makes sense. He's not going to play power play. He'll ideally play penalty kill most of the time. In fact, that's where a lot of his defensive value comes. He'll play even strength
1: Waved defense. Again. What did we suck at? Special yeah. teams. <laughs> the penalty um, kill was was brutal. The penalty kill and the power play were brutal. Any help we get uh, in, in those regards are massive wins. So, But here's where
0: I like the idea of him and Hronik uh, playing together. And Steve Eisman basically said it's going to be Sider and Shiro and Hronik and uh, Olimata. And now he, di- he didn't he did necessarily say those were the pairs, but he says those are your top four. He said that in his presser uh, yesterday. But Olimata, you put him with Hronik, ideally you put a guy like Olimata, you give him defensive zone starts, keep him in right. his own zone, uh, not let him on the, uh, you know, if he's in the, you can't stop a guy from being in the offensive zone like you can't ch- have him change every time you break out of the defensive zone but Filip Ronick's the opposite you want him to have offensive zone starts instead so that's the only you know hitch in that perfect plan of mine is that you can't shelter Olimata and Filip Ronick if they're both on the ice at the same time but you know what they're NHL caliber players so you shouldn't have to shelter them anyways right
1: i completely agree i like this is this is a a really this is a really fun signing and not fun in the sense that he's going to light up a stat sheet or anything, but a really fun signing in, in the sense that I, I think that he could be someone that, um, that is somewhat of a fan favorite if it all works out. Cause like this city really likes, you know, like the, the gritty, like non-stat, sheet stuffers that that do their job and and do really well and and whatnot and i and i just think if he again and like it's it's so crazy just looking at this defense now too i just completely pivoted i'm sorry but it's so crazy looking at this defense because like this is going to be a completely different d room like like the defense room is going to be almost entirely different people um i mean we, we we like this is not the only obviously we talked about Sharrat we have him we we have more we'll talk about too um we let a, a lot of defensemen walk and we brought in a lot and and really cider was the only person as we knew that was completely safe and um it's it's gonna be i'm really excited for the fall man i'm really excited
0: yeah it's gonna be the the just dis- Defensive makeover is incredible. I mean, you're going to have, and we right. talked about it yesterday with Andrew Kopp coming in as a second line center. Uh, and Steve Eisman confirmed they signed him to be a center. I can't yeah. see him not playing second line because you know, we, you know how we feel. I don't think Pugh suited Rasmussen, maybe Valeno if he develops more. But I mean, you're getting to a point now where, it, you know, you drafted him in 2018. What more? How much more does he have to grow? Um, It's that trickle down effect. You know, you get Sherat to play with more at Sider. Or maybe Simon Edmondson, if Edmondson makes the team, he's going to defend the young guys. Uh, he's going to eat up minutes. I, I still, again, that that cap hit for what he brings, I don't agree with because I think that he leaves a lot to be left, a lot to be desired, both defensively and offensively, even though he had a career high in points this last year. But, you know, Sherratt's going to come in and eat up Twenty plus minutes a night to play with more at Cider or Edmondson. and you're gonna have Olimata play Phil Pronik, and that's gonna push down the young guys
1: and Gustav Lindstrom and uh, right
0: Jordan Osterle. That's the or thing, man. Like every signing this Walman. team
1: makes, right? Every signing this team makes is not only just like oh, we're bringing in this. It also makes the depth significantly better because you're then moving everybody down a spot and and more in a role that maybe they can thrive in better. Like that- <sighs> What what a fun forty eight hours! It, it's a solid top four now. Like it's it's a
0: bona fide like NHL top four. I mean, you don't have D D K or Osterle playing with Sider anymore. Like you have an actual bona fide NHL defenseman for whatever you know. Despite all my criticisms of that signing, Shira is very much a bona fide NHL defenseman to play with Morris Sider, who is he's still in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, that that bottom pair still makes me a little nervous. Uh, it's you know, it came out today saying that Wallman had uh, surgery on his shoulder and is gonna miss the start of the season. Uh even though Eisman also said he's confident they're gonna sign him. So you're looking at a bottom pair of Osterley and Lindstrom. maybe cause I 'cause I don't wanna I don't want to assume is gonna make the team. I don't want to assume that Edvinson or Bergen are gonna make the team because that's just you're setting yourself up for pain that way. So just based on the roster they have but now. What if he did uh, though? If he did that'd be sick. Cause that now all of a sudden you have an amazing
1: what if he did defensive
0: it, it would be great. I, I would be so excited.
1: But that bottom pairing still makes me a little sh- makes me see a little shaky. But yeah, but you, you know, know what? They signed that defenseman. To today. straight up, five of our six defensemen made me uncomfortable, and now it's it's off the, just the third line, really.
0: Yeah, and like I still like Gustav Lindstrom. I think that he still can be an effective defenseman at the NHL
1: level. I mean, he so, was. We we talked about it a little bit last season, and we'll move on back to you know more of the people we signed, but um, he was. Uh, for whatever it's worth, there, there was a stretch there where he was like net zero, <laughs> which yeah. like is which a is weird a thing to like hang your hat on. But when when you're talking about third line defensemen, I mean, you'll take you'll take net zero more times than not. Um, the they did sign one more defenseman today, and
0: almost just like we were talking about how the bottom pairing could be shaky. Well, they signed the guy who's going to play on that bottom pairing more time, more often than not, I feel. Uh, Mark Pissick, who played with the Buffalo Sabres this past year, he wore a, an A with the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. He's 30 years old. They signed him to a one-year $850,000 contract. Not a whole lot. A little bit more than the same amount as Lindstrom's making. A little bit more than Stephen Comfort, which you got to remember, Comfort is on contract. He, they did sign Stephen Comfer, the 33-year-old. So I don't know where he slots in. I'm assuming healthy scratch most nights. But you do have him on the lineup if he even makes the roster. But Mark Pistock, I think, will probably make the roster as a uh, right left-handed D-man. But he can also play, fun fact, he can also play right wing. He can also oh, be God. a winger. But they signed him as a defenseman. Uh, evolving Hockey has him set a defenseman. And he is an- mm-hmm. another defensive defenseman. Go figure. It's like Steve Eisman has a type. So you know you you slot this guy in on the third pair, and you mm. know that that makes the third pair a lot more uh, palatable. I guess is the right word to use. Yeah,
1: that no, that's beautiful. Like that's that's you know, I used to pray for times like this, <laughs> like twelve points, real, like sixty-eight it, games. It's just it's it's, and like again, like I, I'm not trying to to hype this up as you know, like this is going to be uh, the 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 O two defense or anything, but like it, it's it's just it's so refreshing to to see clearly everybody understood that this defense was bad and every move they had, they have made has been kind of surrounded or not surrounded uh, has kind of been working toward the, the, the belief that that needs to be fixed. Like really there isn't a single signing we made that was like, Oh yeah. Like that dude might be a complete defensive liability. Like, that just every single person we brought in was to address the defense, and well, that is a fantastic thing. And I can't wait to see what kind of year Ned can put up in front of a significantly better defense. Uh, I, again, like I, I'm not, I'm not saying this is like a like a top five, even top ten defense in the National Hockey League, but like, golly, it's gonna be defensively, it's a hell of a lot better, right? And like that's the thing, we were so bad last year that you can take leaps and bounds of improvement and still not even be like a top 12 defense in the NHL. Like that's just how bad this defense truly was is that middle of the pack is going to be an unbelievably massive improvement. Um, and I'll gladly take it. I, I really, really like a lot of these moves and give them another offseason next year to, to then, you know, solidify it even more and, and Edvinson on the way. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm pumped. So, and you know, you saw
0: just now Mark Pistic, obviously, as you just mentioned and I had talked about, is a defensive defenseman. seventy 79th percentile at defense at goals above replacement, 11th percentile at offense. Not very good, much like Olimata in that regard. Olimata, right. a little bit stronger defensively, but still a very solid defensive defenseman. Overall, goals above replacement is 39%. Still not great, but we're focusing on the defensive defenseman element of that. You compare that to Jordan Osterle, who I would hope is you know, you don't have to see as much anymore. Right. Australia. The one thing that he was good at effective at was um, taking penalties. He took less penalties than, you know, your average defenseman. So it, it's, it's a very clear upgrade. And that's what we're talking about. Not Mata, isn't going to make this team a Stanley cup contender. Um, Mark Pistic isn't going to make this team a Stanley, Stanley cup contender. Uh, Charo is not going to make this team a Stanley Cup contender, but you add all three of those guys together, and you go from a bottom ten team, uh, league at defense to I don't know, fringe playoff contender maybe. And it's those three players added together that make this defensive core as a whole so so much better. And I, I I'm just absolutely I, October can't come soon enough. That's it that's all cannot I cannot come not, soon enough. Eisring clearly right. had a, a type here where, and we talked about it yesterday with the offense, but with the exceptions of Kubelik and De- Peron I won't even say Peron because he's still defensively responsible at five on five even. He clearly had a type of really revving up the defense on this team because the defense last year was horrid. You got a goal, another goaltender that's going to be a solid goaltender. You don't have a starter or a backup. You have a solid one A one B. And Huso was fantastic with St. Louis. You signed three, two very solid defensive defensemen. One defenseman who is very physical and will stand up for his teammates. You signed Perron, who could put up twenty seven goals, but his production is evenly spread out. He's a threat on the power play, but also defensively responsible at five on five. You signed Cop, who's a two way, defensively responsible. Second line center or winger, if you want a second line center on this team who grant garnered Selkie votes. And then, I mean, this, this team has just taken and then, you know, Kubalik, who's, you know, out there going to be shooting the puck a lot. That's what he's going to be doing. But other, he, all the he, other guys
1: the metrics weren't bad.
0: They weren't, weren't bad. Them up. They
1: weren't bad at all.
0: But, Overall, like this is a team that's going to be much, much better defensively. And that's a huge step forward. You know, the old phrase is it's a cliche for a reason. Defense wins championships. And obviously you need to be able to score goals on top of that. And I think that the Red Wings offense will still have a ways to go. But, you know, you have a healthy run. Knock on wood. You have a healthy Verona this season. And you have a uh, cop. You have Perron. Well, like, you have Larkin, thing. who hopefully is healthy. And right, then Fabry. Sure. Is healthy. <laughs>
1: they 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 added so many pieces to the defense, but um, like don't get it twisted. The offense got better as yeah, well in the last forty eight hours. Like this is this the defense took leaps and bounds, and that's awesome. And and that's gonna make a, a lot of games. Even if we aren't, you know, even if we don't put up a, a, a playoff type, you know, caliber season. It's gonna be a lot closer games. Like there, like least we forget there was straight up a two-month stretch where we lost every game like six to two. Like that, you know what I mean? Like worse than that. That is what we're trying to avoid. If we can eliminate the blowout, we can put ourselves in situations to actually win games late and then have those clutch fun moments and everything. So this is a massive, massive, massive step in the right direction. And uh, the all of these little signings that we're talk little signings that we're talking about um, are just as important to, to that vision of improving this defense as the big ones we talked about in part one yesterday. Yeah. And there are two other signings that the Red Wings made as well. Uh, one
0: was Austin Zarnick. He played this past season with the New York Islanders and Seattle Kraken. He played with the New York Islanders twice. This is the guy I was alluding to with the Dennis Chalowski situation. Right, he yeah. was placed on waivers by the New York Islanders and then claimed by the Seattle Kraken on February. in February. Then in March, he was placed on waivers by the Seattle Kraken and then claimed by the New York Islanders. So I think he played a grand total of like 12 games. He played, no, so it was 17. He played 11 games with the Islanders and six with the Kraken. Seven points total this season. Depth signing. Probably going to spend time in the AHL level. I don't see there being room on this roster for him, especially because he's another center. The other guy was Matt Luff. He played 23 games this past season with the Nashville Predators. Another, He's a right wing. Right wing is maybe a little bit easier to crack, but I still don't see him at the NHL level. I, I, those are two depth signings. In fact, I think Matt Luff's is a two-way contract. Luff's even. is definitely a two-way. It's a yeah. two-way, yeah. So... I believe Zarnik, because Zarnik's not showing up on, I believe his is a two-way contract as well. So I think that both those guys are just, they're absolutely just going to spend time down in the uh, the AHL level. Absolutely. In fact, yeah, Cap Friendly's reflecting both Zarnik and Matt Luff are on my, minor league contracts. So they're in the organization. They'll probably be first call-ups and there's injury, but... There's not really a whole lot to talk about. They didn't even play enough games to garner like statistics for you know a player card on evolving. So there's not a lot to talk about those guys besides just depth signing. But the one other thing I wanted to talk about before we signed off on today's episode, Scotty, um, leadership. We talked about defense. We talked about goal scoring. We talked about special teams and all those three those three things being huge things for us got checked off and we'll probably talk about our predictions on who's going to get the A's on this team on a later episode. Cause there's just not enough time that we can spend a whole episode, you know, That's theorizing it'll, it'll be a fun yeah. one, but the Red Wings added a lot of leadership to this team. Ben Sherratt wore an A with the Montreal Canadians, Mark Pissick, who they just signed today to that $850,000 contract. Well, he wore an A with the Buffalo Sabres. And I know love that move. By I the love way. that.
1: Love and, that move.
0: So good. Da- and David it. David Perron, you know, I don't believe he wore an A with the St. Louis Blues, but 34-year-old veteran, that's a leader in the locker room. Andrew Kopp, I would argue, is probably going to be a leader in the locker room. So you added proven leaders as well to this team. And, you know, you lost Mark Stahl and you lost Gagne. And those were two guys that I know the fan base loved. I mean, Mark Stahl, people hated it. Hates a strong word. People didn't look fondly on the Mark Stahl as a player and on the trade. They looked fondly on the trade, but, you know, not on his path uh, when he first came here and he won the
1: paid a boatload. Yeah.
0: But my point is he won the hearts of the Red Wings fan base for the most part. I mean, they called him dad in the locker room because he was like Mm -hmm. the vet Sam Gagne seemed very much well-loved and they wore the a, you lost both those guys. And now you've brought in a boatload of veteran experience and leadership back and that leadership, you know, you talk about intangibles and you joke about intangibles, not really meaning anything in the end, you know, you can't score with intangibles. You can't, but there is a value there. It is important. And this team just got a lot more leadership in the locker room as well.
1: Yeah. Big time. It, it, for as you know, uh, we, we talked, we voiced our concerns about the Sherrod signing and everything. It would not surprise me at all. If, if Sherrod had an A on his, I wouldn't be surprised either because, there's a huge conversation for that. We don't have to like dig in it because like, we, we can literally spend a whole episode talking about like we'll have a lot of days in August to discuss um, like who's going to wear the A's and everything. But uh, yeah, I feel like
0: with Sherrod alone, we could spend a whole episode just breaking down and microanalyzing that signing because there's so much there because and I will say it again, the more I think about it, I'm never going to be happy with the amount you're paying him. But the more I think about it, the more I'm okay with the signing in a vacuum because I think that there are things there to like. And plus, Steel Eisenman has a certain amount of cachet that you just got to trust that the signings he makes are going to pan out. Nothing can not be critical when you don't like them, but just kind of also think, keep in mind in the back of your mind, well, what has he done wrong so far? Let's see how it plays out. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think we got to all our main points today, man. Do you have any final thoughts? We ball. We absolutely ball. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen. Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you your daily thirty-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL. Your daily minute, thir- daily thirty-minute NHL p- podcast. Whew, man, when it gets to that last your daily sentence, minute thirty, man. daily minute thirty podcast. <laughs> whenever it comes like the last minute of a read, I'm just like, all right, I'm done. And I just make up the last five words. It seems just whatever comes out of my mouth is just what it is. Nice, dude. <laughs> I'm sure sponsors love that. Uh, yeah. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. That's going to be an interesting one. You're probably going to get a recording from me from Traverse City, Scotty. Uh,
1: we got to. Yeah, we got to figure that out because I have in. I have draft coverage from when I wake up to when uh, I go to right, bed so We're going to have to figure that one out. But uh, I mean, it's just a well, baseball draft. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> My livelihood. It's fine. Is it though? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. What are you talking about? I yeah. mean,
0: there, there's there's me and us and what we have.
1: Thanks for making a lot of time, Red Wings. Your first listen <laughs> to that every
0: day. <laughs> we already said that. we back with an episode on Monday. Uh, Scotty, I love you.
1: Love you, buddy.
0: Same time. Same place. Better We
1: didn't.
0: Oh, we did do bet on.
1: Every day. Every day.